Hello and welcome to the Run to Run podcast. It's episode eight and it is a beautiful sunny evening. I am joined by the wonderful Jessica Robson. Hello. <laughs> how are you doing, Jess? I'm really good, thank you. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. It's been um it's been one of those really busy days where I've had to plan out every single hour of my day in advance. And uh, even down to cooking for the house at six o'clock, bang on six, so I could get sort of ready for the pod at seven. But now I'm sat down and I'm at my desk and it's the first time I sat down hours. I'm very, very chilled. So, <laughs> so I'm pretty happy, actually. Um, how's, how's your running going? Have you been running this week? I have, yes. I had a few days off running, um, which kind of allowed my legs to recover enough to have a slightly longer run today um nice. which is fantastic it's put me in a great mood for the rest of the day I feel quite um mellow and content like a good mellow <laughs> just yeah it's helped me sort of stay in one place for the rest of the day that's for sure um and yeah Lovely. with the weather like this it's, yeah yeah it's perfect dreamy isn't it it's dreamy mm-hmm. although the streets of tooting is a little bit like people dodging at the moment but I've I've really perfected my trails of tooting like people may be thinking in an urban area there aren't trails, but if you really, really look for them, they're there. So um, so that's where I've been going on mine. But um, but yeah, I've I've realized I found a sweet spot now. I realize I can run twice a week without any pain. I have to space it out in between cycling. So I'm really getting into my cycling at the moment. And mm-hmm. then I sort of doing a couple of runs a week. Um, but the positive news is my runs are run talk runs because you can now run with one other person if they're comfortable and you're comfortable and you can maintain a safe distance. So um, it all started on Thursday night um, when I went for a run with Tahir, who's from my tooting group. And uh, Tahir is a a wonderful individual and he's one of the kindest people I've met. Um, But at the moment, he's currently doing Ramadan. Um, So he's three weeks in. And so he fasts during the day and it's not until after sunset that he can eat. So, um, So he messaged me saying if I fancied a run. And I said, yeah, yeah, when do you fancy going? He said, well, I'll, I'll eat at about nine o'clock after sundown. So if you're ready for about 11 at night, then, uh, <laughs> then we'll go. And I'm thinking, OK, well, I'm, I'm keen for this. So I'll meet you at the wheat sheaf where we usually meet for a run to run at 11 o'clock at night. And, uh, and we'll head off. So we went and I thought, OK, we'll do a half an hour 5K. I'll be in bed by half 11. And yeah. then we're all good. We did a half marathon. <laughs> Oh, my word, at 11 p.m. We did a half marathon at like five past 11 at night. And we went all the way into central London and along in Backman and over the bridge. Um, and we just chatted because, honestly, it was so nice to to run and talk with someone, especially someone that I've not seen in so long. Um, and, yeah, we I mean, I probably got 11 miles done. He then polished it off with a couple of two, uh, a couple of extra to make it a half. And I got in bed at like one. And <laughs> what was it like running on the streets at that time it was really peaceful actually it was really nice um but it was quite funny because I woke up next day and my housemates were like did we hear you sneaking in at one in the morning like it's lockdown where have you been I was like I just went for a socially distanced run and they were like oh yeah are you, are you sure I was like I definitely did. <laughs> I definitely did um but that's cool and then I've got a, a cycle with um Sophie from Tooting in the Morning and then a run with Mark from Tooting as well. Um, that social yeah. calendar is, is creeping back. Oh, I know. <laughs> but it's good. Honestly, it's so, I think it will settle down, but it's just the chance to actually catch up with some of these really cool people in the area. Is, yeah. So. I'm only saying that because I'm very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I, will, I will make an effort to come down to Sussex soon. Maybe we could do like a, a pod, a run and a pod as well at the same time. Maybe that's possibly we can work we could out. try we could certainly try yeah certainly try that'd be quite good wouldn't it um but yeah so um jess obviously this week has been quite a well potentially is a big week for run to run in the sense that there's going to be a couple of changes to the way in which runs are going to go in the future um and i know it's been a, a big decision for you to make so i don't know if you want to explain a little bit about that um yeah and, yeah absolutely I mean not a lot is changing in principle at all to be honest uh all our runs have always been free to attend 
Um, the whole point of Run Talk Run is to make mental health support more accessible and less intimidating. And that's not changing at all. Um, our runs will still be free to attend in the future. But what I have put out to the community today is an option to donate to Run Talk Run on a monthly basis. Um, and essentially, it's just to make sure that Run Talk Run is sustainable and that we last for a really long time as opposed to, you know, having to stop our, our runs because we can't um, support the organisation on a whole. So you'll find on the Run Talk Run website now there is an option to subscribe and donate four pound a month. Um, a pound a week. A pound a week. Pound a run. Pound per Run Talk Run. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it has been like a tricky decision to make. Um, I want to reinforce um, the message that there is no pressure to to have to subscribe to Run Talk Run, you are still more than welcome to come to our runs if that's not something that you can do. Um, it's just for those who can, um, it would help us help us last for a long time. <laughs> Basically, like, I think it's I think it's a really difficult step to to come out, and I'm sure today must be really difficult because you're sort of you're sort of asking something you know back, which is you know different, but you know, what I would say is, you know, run to run, like alone for me personally has is, is made a huge difference to my life. And I can only speak for the people in Tooting as well, but I know that it's made, had huge impacts on their lives as well. Um, and I'm sure they will all agree with me if they're listening to this as well. So, you know, what I would say is, I, I mean, hey, I'm listing things that are just over a pound here. Any bus journey in London is, is £1.50. Like a loaf of bread, average price over £1.50. And, you know, my favourite chocolate bar, the Kit Kat Duo, like the bigger one is now, is over a pound as well. So when you put it in perspective like that and you look at, like, the social impact um, and being able to run as a community and, you know, I think, Jess, you might agree with me on this. This is also an opportunity to be able to give more to the people attending Run Talk Run in terms of support and courses and, and you know, helping leaders um even further as well isn't it i guess absolutely this will support um our leaders and with things like mental health first aid and things like you know training courses to help them be more confident in leading runs um and yeah it will feed back into the community and i think the whole thing with run talk run is that we're supporting each other um so yeah my my goal is to be able to support our leaders as as well as I possibly can, um, and this will help with that. Totally. So if you want to find out more about this, then do go onto the Run to Run website, which is runtoutrun.com. Um, you know, as Jess said, obviously it is optional, and at the moment we're in lockdown, so there aren't runs going on at the moment, but when they do start back up as well, you know, um, it's something that we'll be feeding, feeding back as well. But, you know, I, from my own personal opinion, I think it's something that is going to massively help run to run, give more support to the leaders and more support to the people that are attending and give, you know, a, a whole round, better holistic um, help to everyone that's part of the um, a part of the global community. So. So, yeah, but it's out there just now. Right. So it's good. It's I'm sure there. I'm yeah. sure it's a difficult thing to. <laughs> push that button on that post and, and send it. I'm sure it must have been quite an anxious thing to, to do, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah, a lot of overthinking went into that. Hence why I had a nice long run this morning <laughs> to, to mull it over. Um, <laughs> that helped a lot. But yeah, it, it has been anxiety inducing. But Stunned. yeah, it feels right. So. Good. Well, we are, we're going to unwind in a bit because we're going to be making cocktails with uh nick kershaw who is from impact marathon and he's a he's an incredibly interesting chap isn't he jess um he's he is making an impact in communities all over the world by hosting um runs and marathons and looking into social projects um and how he can create social change all over the world um mm -hmm. yeah yeah very inspiring guy um 
yeah, his his marathons are a lot more than just just running. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so catch that in part two. Um, and so if you do want to get in touch with us, uh, you can do through the Instagram, which is at runtalkrun. And you can also email Jessica, which is jessica at runtalkrun.com. Um, but yeah, catch us in part two. Hello and welcome back to the Run Talk Run podcast, episode eight, part two. And um, for a little bit of a difference this week, we are sat in the Wednesday evening um, and I'm sat at my desk with a cocktail, which was a wonderful idea that when we asked Nick to come and join us on the podcast this week, he said, well, this Wednesday is my mixology cocktail night. So um, if I'm going to do the pod, you guys need to join me in making a cocktail, which to be honest with you, Nick, I didn't need to be told twice. <laughs> so, hi, Nick Herschel. Welcome to the Run Talk Run podcast. Hi there, guys. How are you guys doing? Yeah, really good. Really good. So, what have you mixed up? You're clearly a better mixologist than we are. What have you made for yourself? What podcast? Have, uh, what um, cocktail have you made? Well, I, I, we don't get a choice on this, so I do it with some of my old school friends. Um, <clears throat> it's purely a lockdown thing, right? We just started doing this every Wednesday. We whoever wins the best cocktail uh, then selects what we drink for next week. But it just so happens it's my favorite cocktail this week. So it's the old fashioned. So you've got whiskey, some sugar syrup. It's usually Angostura bitters, but I didn't have any. So I homemade those, which has not gone terribly. Uh, and then a little bit of um, in, very good question. Cinnamon, nutmeg, mace, prunes, a bit of vodka and orange. Wow. And you mash it all up. And it's actually come out really well. I was when I was reading it, I was just like, I don't think this is. But I'm really, really happy with this. I'm stoked about this. And if it it won't win me any extra points because it's arbitrarily judged by our pitchers being sent off to a friend of mine in Guatemala, and she just sort of picks out which one she'd like to drink. And that's not. <laughs> that's very <laughs> arbitrary, and she won't appreciate my homemade Angostura bitters. Purely based on aesthetics. <laughs> it's, that's what we learned. That's what we learned. But it took a while to work out what it was being judged on. It felt arbitrary for a long time. Well, I think that's incredibly impressive. Um, and Jess, you've also you've also made one as well. What have, what have you got? Well, I have made myself a mocktail, but I kind of stitched myself up because it's full of ice and actually it makes a lot of noise. So I can't <laughs> drink it until we're finished. <laughs> you've got a straw. You must have got a straw somewhere. <laughs> That would that would have been a good idea. Um, so yeah, essentially mine is just a Fanta fruit twist with a lot of ice. <laughs> well, what, what we what we could say is that if you you know let's just explain to listeners there's going to be a bit of ice clinking and then you can you can feel free to drink away. I think that's, that's <laughs> maybe I will. Yeah, yeah, I think it's fine. Um, and I've got a um, ironically I've got a dark and stormy um, because the weather outside right now is is scorching. Um, which is dark rum, ginger, and lime. And my family um, are from Bermuda, and this is like their drink. So it's a bit, it's a bit of an ode to uh, to my family. So, uh, so yeah, Caribbean rum and uh, and and ginger. But but this isn't a cocktail podcast. <laughs> um, we are here to talk to you, Nick, about some of the amazing things you do. And um, the the one thing that sticks out is is Impact Marathons. And um, Jess, Jess spoke to yourself and asked you to come on the pod. And um, I think it'd be a great start just to explain to the listeners a little bit of what, about what Impact Marathon is. So, um, yeah, Impact Marathon, we started in 2015 um, with the whole concept being to organize races um, around the world in different communities uh, where we have this this final day, which is the race. And that's 10 kilometer, 21, 42 kilometer trail runs um, in sort of like amazing locations. But before that, for the whole week before that, we spend the time working and visiting in the projects in the community uh, that the, the charities that we're supporting are, are working in. So the whole thing is like, how do you see and understand your ability to to make an impact in the world? And that was that was pretty much where we started. And um, 
so we've got races now in Nepal, uh, Guatemala, Malawi, um, Kenya, and Jordan's our new one. And uh, people head out for a week, spend a week living in our sort of pop-up athletes village uh, all together. And then on the final day, after a week of working in the community and visiting the projects, we then we then run a race with all of the uh, the local runners as well uh, coming up for the race and joining in. And that's pretty much like the basis of the concept, really. It's amazing. <laughs> it's 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 got me hooked straight away, and I'm thinking, oh, right, okay, I'm, I'm I'm interested. So, how did you how did you get involved with starting something like that? That's that doesn't sound like a normal job that you would start. Like, what? How did it? How did it all transpire? Um, so, I, I was working a, a pretty normal job in finance in London um, before that, and uh, I had some projects out in Uganda at the time. And I was training for an Ironman and people were asking me whether I was going to do fundraising for it. And I was doing it for all of my own personal reasons, to be honest. And I wasn't thinking about it, but there was this incredible school um, in a town called Masaka uh, called Bugabira. And when I sat down with the guys when I was visiting there, I was like, if I could raise this amount of money, uh, what go- what could you guys do? And they came up with this incredible plan. And I thought, OK, that that let's do it. And so I came back home and and just like it sounds a bit boring but the mechanics of getting money to a a very small project in uganda are really quite hard so um i set up with with um henry blanchard we set up our own foundation which could receive money and go anywhere so really flexible really supportive of people who want to do challenges for something they care about um and then they could raise into the, the foundation and we would then be able to send it out to those various projects um so um yeah we launched that foundation on the night i was just looking around, I was like, well, people can donate money, but it's so much more powerful when people can see where that money goes, partly because it builds that trust and that sort of um, relationship with the organizations on the ground, but partly because it is a really empowering experience to understand that we as individuals have the ability to make changes in the lives of others. Um, So I I was just... Just to jump in there. Go ahead, yeah. I think that's quite refreshing to hear because I think one of the things that's perhaps put me off some of these um, projects is not necessarily knowing if your effort and your money is going to actually get to the source of where you want it to go, you know, in the actual community itself. And I think it's, you know, that that must be an incredible challenge to actually make sure that those projects go ahead in the way that the locals want them to and you, you want them to, I guess. Definitely, definitely. And I think it takes a lot of time and a lot of listening and a few mistakes along the way. And I think that... Um, yeah, when you see sort of the headlines around charity spending going here, there, um, I have sort of two minds. Part of me having worked with a lot of the smaller grassroots organizations is like, that's really frustrating to see things like that. And then the other side of me goes, but I understand that large organizations have large, different kind of costs, different kind of setups, and they can make changes on a governmental level, whereas our grassroots guys can only make changes on a community level. So there is a totally different story. And I, I just... I very rarely meet guys that I'm not inspired by in what we do. And I just think it's a really powerful way to uh, get people to understand that and and help people to see that and empower people through that process. Um, Because it's definitely something that I think can be improved upon. Um, But it's more for me, it's more about what that does when the individual comes home. When each runner comes home, we just see loads of different changes happen um, that go far beyond, okay, I'm going to donate to this organization. That's not actually the net goal. The net goal is to send someone back to their company who, and they go, right, let's change this policy because it, it has a, a knock-on effect. Or they go back to their family and they go, guys, I want to run with you every Saturday morning. And they run out as a family. And there's so many different stories like that that are, for me, where the real impact and the sort of long-term effects happen. And that's 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 kind of the most inspiring thing for me. Totally. It's like giving someone a... a a life-changing experience i guess and so what are, they, what are the types of people that come on what are the types of people that come and join you on your on your runs is it is it super speedy runners is it first time runners you know what 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 are the types of people that join you it's a real mix um every race will have a, a few guys who who are good runners we've had someone who runs for for england um in his age group um we've had really great runners but majority are casual runners guys who enjoy running five, 10 half marathons. Maybe they've done one or two marathons. That's the majority. And then there's also uh, always some people running their first ever race. And that's pretty exciting because you've got guys running their first ever 
marathon on a trail that's like 2000 meters of elevation and they're getting out there and they're doing it and they just they you know that's pretty amazing when that happens as well um so real mix and i think that's what what the whole makeup of it is the group that comes out is always really different we've got a lot of different nationalities uh income levels um racing ability all of that is really mixed and that's what makes the the experience such a a melting pot um you see people who never normally meet do you get involved yourself sometimes? Do you think, oh, actually, I, I fancied this race today? <laughs> On race day? Yeah. Uh, they're bloody hard races. Um, <laughs> I've, I mean, I've obviously run the courses a lot. The idea of a lot of them are, have like mini loops in and stuff. Um, so we like to try and get everybody on the course running together at some point. So we try not to do like a point to point long race or anything like that. We set off the different timings. So the 21 kilometer guys, we're meeting the 42 kilometer guys as they start their second lap. Um, okay. So I've done the laps, but I've never I've never really got the chance to, to do the full 42K on any of them. Um, I think the moment that I'm able to do it is the moment you know that the team is is doing incredible. That's like a litmus test. If I can go along to a race day and run rather than be on the motorbike or in the pickup truck or, or whatever they've got <laughs> me doing. Um, that said, it is really fun to pick up truck the courses and it's more fun to do that than run. Don't tell anybody I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, it must be a huge organizational challenge, I would imagine. And probably the amount of research that has to go into to, to making it run smoothly on, on race day must be must be huge <laughs> yeah then we've definitely had some fun times on build up to race day and race day you know and these aren't normal environments either you know um and i think that's what makes it so addictive is is there's just the race days are so so different we've had everything from finding hippos on the course like 20 minutes before we started to um yes yeah, and even more crazy situations than that and then on race day yeah if you're running a if you're running through a Malawian fishing village and you've put up a load of colorful ribbons on trees, you can expect every girl in that village has a new hairband and hopefully <laughs> not before everybody's got back. And I spend most of my time just going around trying to persuade kids not to take the ribbons. <laughs> and we, we put them up high as well. You know, we have a guy standing on top of the pickup truck, putting them in trees and still you come back the next day. You're like, how, how is that not there? Just news like constant. Uh, it sounds like a it sounds like a big challenge but quite a fun challenge so what so what are the types of so what are the types of like initiatives that you've done obviously you mentioned like a malawian fishing fishing village like what are the types Mm. of things that the fundraising um goes towards so it it, it's sort of one of those things that's constantly changing in each country um and each race and we're, we're in a transition phase a lot at the moment um a sort of project that i think set this crazy standard was our first ever race that we did in Nepal. And the community had come to us and said, we, you know, we don't have, you know, year round water. So in the winter, the pipes are above ground. So they freeze. And in the summer, there's a drought at our source. So we don't, we don't have that, but we've identified a source five kilometers into the park that is, is, is in is next to this big national park. And uh, we would like to build a pipeline. So suddenly like we had 200 people going up and down this, this five kilometer pipeline trying to build it in two days um and we i think we did about 4.2 kilometers and then over the next month the villagers finished it off and they now then the next year we took it to different parts of the village and then uh, by the time we got to year three of nepal they then installed water into every single house in the village um and they'd taken what was like a catalyst event in year one and by before we even got to year three they'd then put it in they'd even put meters into every single house so they all paid a bit of maintenance to continue the work on the pipelines it was there and then because we dug it into the ground it didn't freeze through the winter and then the source is a year-round source so that was like a very an example of really hands-on impact work um but recently we sort of stepped away from that for a number of different reasons um and we just did the new one in guatemala and that's all around the organization we work with there is all around youth leadership and giving um voice to uh, particularly women particularly indigenous communities you've got the mayan communities there um and their youth leaders basically that they they're training up to sort of lead the nation in the future they all kind of decided on what we were going to do each day and one of them organized um a women international women's day march in the middle of their their town tekpan and so they they were like well the best thing you can actually do is bring 
your noise, your energy, your attention of all of us marching together. And when the municipality heard that that was happening, they then brought um, all the women from the municipality, all the different women's groups. So it went from being something that never happened before to being sort of 25 youth leaders. Then we joined in. And then suddenly there was like 300 women from all over TechPan marching through talking about no violence, talking. And they said, just get on Instagram, just that's what we look for you to do. That's your skill set for us. And I think giving that back to the communities that we're working in and saying, like, what what do you actually want from us? Rather than us feeling good and and getting dirty, which which in the case of the pipeline was perfect um, because it was all together. It's hard to replicate that kind of um, that kind of experience four, five, six times a year, which is what we've got now. So um, it's a really varied one. And I think over the future, probably races will turn into different type of ones. I really want to do round around like how micro entrepreneurship and business is a, is a massive uh, way of creating development in communities. And so then maybe we want guys with a bit more business experience to come out and start mentoring and, and, and a real skill share. So there's a load of different things that I want to do in the future. That isn't just the, uh, the stuff that we've done so far of, of, of getting dirty. Um, sure. Although that is pretty mm. fun. Because I, I would imagine that the, you know, the physical and tangible things are fantastic and have a huge impact. But, you know, if you can inspire and you can create leaders and you can create voices like you could do, it, they could then end up doing incredible things themselves, I guess. And that impact could be far greater than you could ever measure. Completely. I mean, you, you just need to look around the world right now and, and see the, the what leadership means and good leaders can change millions of lives. And bad leaders can do exactly the same and um giving people the opportunity to find their voice and learn their voice and, and learn leadership skills um particularly in a country like guatemala which doesn't have strong public sector leadership uh is so inspiring but in terms of yeah exactly what you said in terms of at the end of it can you point to this funding has has done this it's not so easy but that's okay because we're mixing that with with more immediate it's sort of a, a, a plaster. I keep on thinking the word band-aid, but we're not American here. We're going to say plaster. Um, a plaster on a broken leg, right? Like, I think there's certainly, definitely, we work with organizations that are immediately handling the problems right now. But then we like to mix that with organizations that are going, cool, how do we change 10 years time? How do we change 20 years time? How do we change the future for all the kids being born right now? Um, and having that mix in each country is what I'm trying to to bring together right now totally and i i think it's really interesting you touched upon leadership and jess like i i hope you agree with this that one of the most refreshing things i've found since starting run to run tooting was when i've delegated and other leaders have stepped up and have voices they have ideas and they have they challenge you on things and they are motivated in different ways that you think do you know what they're doing it better than i could ever do it you know and yeah and i think yeah. when you if you give people the voice to become a leader, they then go on and do things that you never even thought of, you know? And I think, I don't know what you think, Jess, but I think- But this podcast is an example of that. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think it's exactly the same with our, our Run Talk Run leaders. They all have so much ownership of, of their runs. And because of that, they, I guess it's, um, well, it's a shared community and it's a shared initiative and- so many brilliant ideas come out of that because they want to develop it themselves as well. Yeah, like, it's not just one voice that's contributing to Run Talk Run. It's the voice of all of us run leaders. Um, and people and like you say, the people that. running, you know, <laughs> we're all contributing to it in, in some way. Yeah, I think I think leadership is, you know, is and you don't always need like big extroverted leaders with big ideas. You know, it's, sometimes it's, you know it's it's people that sort of come out of nowhere and they just sort of challenge you in a different way and take it in a different direction and I think I think it's what's really quite cool Nick is you're asking people what they want you know how they want to how they want to change their community you know and I guess every country you go to when you ask that question you're going to get wildly different responses to maybe what you think is going to improve their community I guess yeah, absolutely. Um, but, the, but interestingly, there also are some real similarities. Um, and I think that's what's been so surprising is that um, a lot of it comes down to like quite unsexy things like land management 
and how we use the land. That comes up in all our countries now. How do we use the land? Because climate change is impacting rural Guatemalan uh, communities because they all have small holdings. And it's impacting Jordan because Jordan's the second most water scarce country in the world. And, it's, and all of them are looking at how do we manage that better because our communities are suffering from it. So there's interesting, there's also themes, um, but then how we, how they then use the impact platform, that's what kind of is, is different. And over that four or five year period that we have now in Nepal and Guatemala of working with the same guys, they're now taking kind of what you just said there, Jess, like they're taking ownership and saying, this is what we want from the impact marathon. Um, and the organizations that have started to have really believed in us and we support each other now for for that time are going, cool, we get it. Like, we don't even have that many conversations about the week anymore with those guys because we know that when we turn up, they've got it. They've got a plan. They know what they want to do and they want to give their guys a voice. And that's been like a really remarkable thing to see in the last six months or so. Mm, what would you suggest? Because there's going to be so many people listening to this who do want to make an impact mm. uh, on the world. <laughs> I'm sure everyone does. Um, and I, well, this has reminded me of your Instagram post lately, uh, recently rather, about changing the narrative of us and them and mm. having a sort of more collaborative approach to helping people. Like, how does someone make an impact if they, you know, where do they even begin if they don't necessarily know what's needed, you know? Well, they join a run talk run first. That's one of the best ways you can. <laughs> Um, like there is it's a very intimidating topic and I think um, there's so many different avenues you can go down there's like I would always say actually there's one book I would read and that's Factfulness by a guy called Hans Rosling this book was so it's such an important book because it totally takes you away from ever thinking about impact in the same way and it's not just around it's focused on international development but you can use it in so many different areas of your life because it's teaching the skills of understanding the facts and not the hyperbole and the rhetoric and the emotive language that's being used um it is extraordinarily hard i i I Mm. wouldn't ever sugarcoat that five years on i swear i i sometimes like i don't understand like there's so many the more that you learn the more that it's like i don't I don't know, but there's a lot of different books out there. I think factfulness is the most important because it tells you how to use the information available to you rather than there's so many amazing stories and there's so many people you can go out to Nepal and you will see thousands of different organizations working there. Um, But the most impressive organizations that I think you should always start with, in my opinion, this is an opinion, nothing more. Um, is you look for the characters, you look for the people and you look for the organizations that are looking to streamline and bring everybody together that are seeing themselves as a conduit to a bigger picture. Um, there's a lot of organizations in every country that are doing fairly similar work. Um, and I think those people that connect those, those different organizations together, they're the guys who have the power to, uh, accelerate that impact. Um, and that's something we now strategically look for when we're looking for partners in each country but if you're just starting out i would honestly say buy that book read that book devour it um and then you'll start to to see things in a different way that will get you asking the right questions and um anyone that you're impressed with in that world just i don't know many people who don't reply to emails and messages asking for 10 minutes thought on this or that mm. I think if they're in that world out. you can assume that they're a kind-hearted person who yeah who want to respond <laughs> for sure and yeah like it's like if someone messages you Jess and asks you about run to run or and, and and but something specific on it not just how did you start it but something specific about it mm. like it's a pleasure to to show that those people who want to connect people are are always going to be on uh, responsive to that um and yes. then you can probably find the right people in that respect as well mm. so we'll add we'll add the, the book to the podcast notes because I, I think um i'm sure there's lots of people that want to find out a little bit more in there and 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 get it um straight away but actually speaking of a book I, I saw in a post that you're writing a book yourself like how how has that been as a chat as a chat as a lockdown <laughs> challenge <laughs> how, how have you how far are you into it and and how have you found the process Well, I don't think most of what I've written yet will make my final edit, um, put it that way. I think it's um, been an extraordinary journey. Um, 
that I thought, like, if you'd asked me a month ago, I'd be like, I think I'm making really good progress. And again, the further you get into stuff, the further you realize, like, there's loads that you don't know and there's loads of gaps. And maybe I'm overthinking it. And that's my, my little worry about it. Um, but basically, I'm just trying to put together all the lessons that I've learned, not just over the last five years with Impact, but even before that, to come up with the, the key principles for creating the world that, that we dreamed that we'd grow up in as kids. And I think that's the basic premise of what I'm trying to achieve with it. Um, and we'll have to see how it goes. Um, it, there's certain things that I think are going really well and certain things I'm like, I'm never going to get there. Um, but, I, you know, I think the, the basic thing is like I, I'm enjoying getting down to to doing that writing and analyzing stuff and going that happened. But what did that like really mean? And why is that a powerful story? And then working out what are the stories that I enjoy, but more importantly, what are the stories you guys are going to enjoy um, <laughs> as well? Uh, and it could be stories that I've been told over the years. It's not just, it's not going to be like all about me or whatever. It's about the things that have come up along the way and some of the more ridiculous events as well. Probably the hippos will be in there somewhere, I'm sure. But yeah. <laughs> so if, if anyone's listening today, Nick, who, what, um, tell us some of the ways in which they can find out a little bit more about Impact Marathon. Um, well, we've just, we've just released our new website this week, um, which has been a, a little labor of love through lockdown as well as a challenge. Um, so impactmarathon.com is, is where you find out about, uh, about us. And then if you follow us on, on Instagram, where we're probably most active, um, at Impact Marathon um yeah that's the the best ways to find out about it and message me if you've got any questions or thoughts i'm uh i'm pretty open pretty pretty responsive to any questions brilliant that's fantastic and so what we'll do is we'll add we'll add um nick's book to the podcast notes we'll also add our cocktail recipes as well <laughs> mine's, <laughs> gonna be, mine's gonna be really straightforward um nick's is gonna be a little bit more complicated and it's very optional whether you make your own angus jurors but um but clearly you know clearly it is possible um and you know if anyone wants to get in touch with uh, jess or myself you can at run talk run or email jess at jess at run run um but nick you're going to stick around us with us for part three mm-hmm. uh i'm gonna have a little bit of chat about um mental health awareness week as well so stick with us and join us in part three Hello and welcome back to part three of the Run Talk Run podcast. Um, I'm joined by Nick Kershaw and I'm also joined by Jessica Robson. Um, my cocktail is slowly going down. Um, it's Wednesday night um, and I'm feeling very relaxed. And I hope you guys both are too. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so I thought this week we, we sort of said, you know, we can't avoid this week that it's Mental Health Awareness Week um and it's a i guess it's a great time for people to start the conversation to continue the conversation about mental health and the importance of talking about it um my personal view is i i think it mental health awareness week is, is sometimes like a mother's day card and I, bear with me on this analogy but it's like if you give your mother a mother's day card it's awesome and she'll love it and you can do something really special on the day but you should also be really nice to your mum for the other 52 weeks as well. And like, I, I always kind of just hope that, you know, all this momentum that gets created in this week, you know, is then used for the remaining months of the year. I don't know how you feel about it, Jess. I feel very, very similar. <clears throat> and I feel like there is almost um, a pressure to say something <laughs> and, and to be seen to acknowledge it at least. But I personally sort of struggle to talk about um, elements of mental health when I'm if it feels like unnatural to talk about it. Um, So I would rather create a meaningful (laughs) piece of content for my Instagram when when I feel like it's necessary or when I feel like um, it's appropriate as opposed to just because it's Mental Health Awareness Week. And I think that just shows that, well. I, I'm willing to talk about mental health all year round and I hope that everyone else feels the same way. 
yeah um, it's it's it feels weird though doesn't it like uh, it feels weird to almost you know you, you i'm not saying you're against anything of it because it's great because it's starting the conversation but it does there's a lot of noise going on this week like positive noise but i think in social media especially when there's a lot of noise i tend to go into my shell and i don't jump on the bandwagon and go yeah come on let's talk let's let's add to the conversation i sort of withdraw and kind of watch what other people are doing and i kind of keep my voice and think okay i'm going to save it a little bit for for um can, can i interject a little bit here with this a, a, a different sort of opinion sure and i feel like uh for those of us within the mental health world so to speak i don't know how to better put it um it may may feel like there's a lot of noise um but for the guys who don't actively follow or um this is about awareness and the more noise that can be created and seep out of just the world that we all see and know and uh are privileged to be a part of um i think that there's actually there's there's this it's the seepage that you're looking for almost it's the awareness bit that you're looking for we're all aware of it therefore feeling like we've got to talk about it is is kind of intimidating and it feels like our voice isn't but it's all of those like all of the voices that then loud, loudly shout this is this is what's happening mm -hmm. then that is is that i don't know because i feel exactly the same as you guys the pressure to well, say something I on a certain day mm. i get it completely um but i feel like also it's it's about us reaching the people who potentially wouldn't wouldn't get that exposure i think it's an yeah. interesting one Nick, because i think there's maybe it's maybe there's a middle point here like maybe actually you know, this is not the week for Run to Run to have a huge campaign and to push it even further, but actually to kind of acknowledge it and to encourage it, but not because there is also the kind of element of, I guess, social fatigue as well, where you can really just add to the noise. And actually, maybe it's not, um, you know, a place to add even more to it, but to encourage others to to open their voices up, maybe. I don't know, Jess, what do you think? Um, so I had an interesting conversation about this yesterday with a friend um, who felt that all of the conversation about mental health actually diluted the, di well, it was diluting the uh, not importance of talking, but um, that the message wasn't necessarily landing with people because everyone's talking about it. So no one's really actually listening. And hmm. I don't think it necessarily does dilute the um conversation around mental health but i don't know i think everyone talking <laughs> I, you couldn't get people to talk about it all year round in the way that we are this week but yeah i'm struggling to articulate my, my thoughts on it actually this evening. <laughs> yeah. see okay yeah. so so my my thoughts on this right is is maybe I always think there's a really simple thing, which is if in mental health awareness, we could tell one person something. It's not putting up a post or having massive impact things about statistics or big changes or whatever. Like, I, I think a real key message to engage people is to to pick up the phone and call someone that you think may need it. You know, and I think that that in its own right, if everyone used this week, especially in lockdown, to go, Do you know, what? I'm going to call that one friend that might just need to have a chat you can have a real big one-on-one -on -one impact on someone in your life if you know what i mean as opposed mm. to kind of yeah, talk yeah. really big picture stuff and and i was trying to write this into a post because i was just like that's what i want people to do is just to reach out and speak to that one mate that may be struggling a little bit um but i don't know how you vocalize that i don't know how big corporate companies would maybe vocalize to let it inspire action yeah. Well, action is always going to be better than awareness but awareness can lead to action so <laughs> what yeah. do you guys think you guys would be doing for this would you be doing anything differently were it we're not in lockdown uh, no. what would be your strategy for this would it just be social media how would you do it offline what are the different ways that you can use it as a week for awareness that's not just around what we're posting well i see it in as much as our, our runs are weekly and we would be holding all of our runs where we're creating that space to support each other anyway. Yeah. Um, so that action, that action is taking place in my eyes within Run Talk Run, <laughs> quite literally. 
we would be needing yeah. to provide that space. But then again, it does, you know, it does also give a platform as well, doesn't it? Like it does give a platform for people to say, actually, you know, I'm going to look for things in my area that are around. And Run Talk Run is, uh, you know, is something that's in a lot of communities around the country as well. So I guess you can harness it. I don't know. I guess the whole lockdown thing has made it difficult because, as Jess said, there is a difference between awareness and action. Mm. And one of the things I have, the, one of the reasons I got involved with Run Talk Run was because it was action. And I felt that, you know, by turning up and and being accountable and other people turning up and and not knowing how I'm impacting them or not knowing how they're impacting me but something was definitely happening like I like that as opposed to sort of being sat removed from it or behind a keyboard and and hoping that I was making an impact do you know what I mean like I love sort of being physically involved in it Um, Mm. it's very hard to to see impact when you're not, when you're not physically with your community I I've, I've even felt that since moving out of London and seeing less of the run talk run community like it is hard when you feel more detached from it totally. but no. you can create you can create action in How? small ripples in any way not just in a big hosting a run talk runway like you say just calling a mate is that's action mm. Nick, I'm, I'm I'm interested now. I'm gonna I'm gonna whiz back to part two. Oh, how do you <laughs> how do you find not being able to gauge the impact that you're having? Like, how how do you find that as as someone that has founded Impact Marathon? Like, how do you sort of how you know with something that you cannot ascertain, you cannot quantify, in especially when you're trying to do social change? Like, yeah, do you know what I mean? That must be quite a difficult thing to. Yeah, I mean, on on a personal level, that would be something that is definitely like a uh, a trigger for my own mental health is not getting a concept and understanding of that. And every time that a charity messages with their plans or their what they've done or anything, it it uplifts me in a way that is incredible. But after a while of not necessarily hearing that not for any other reason but everyone's busy getting on with their lives like the the organizations are busy doing what they do um then yeah i can i definitely on a personal level um it it can start to really hit you of like is this really you know i I had these aspirations and these goals for this is this really making a difference is this really the best way that i can touch the world um all of those things sort of after a little while start to 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 weigh heavy on a, on a personal level from uh and it's the i think it's the same from the team and, and then suddenly out of the blue you'll get a message from an impact runner who's just said i've just changed my career and this is what i'm now doing um and or you just get really amazing messages about what it means um and that that means the world and i think it's important not to let that mean the world and not you know those two extremes are are definitely something that is a struggle for sure um totally. I guess you just got to believe in what you're doing and mm. because if you try and quantify everything you're doing you'll just have so much self-doubt because you'll mm. you'll you'll challenge yourself every step of the way I guess and you also, sometimes hear things years later sorry Jess I was about to say it's about choosing to do I say this in like quotes <laughs> the right thing with without having an attachment to the outcome mm. as well without knowing like it's like choosing to do the thing that you you know know to be right and to be helpful yeah yeah and 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 as you guys have said you you don't know you don't know the impact you're having you'll never know the impact that you as an individual have had you'll never know that um to its full extent but what you you do know is that you you're going to have an impact like it could be positive, it could be negative, but we as humans, we all leave a trace. We all leave an impact. And it's up to us to spend that that time working out how to what we want that to be and, and how to go about creating that. And yeah, that's what I think is so special around the one to one community and what you guys have created. Um, because you've gone and you've you've taken ownership of something which could easily just carry on, right? But you've decided to stand up and take ownership of a situation and say, we we know how we can help in this scenario. We know what's helped us. We we let's create this. And I think the more that people are inspired and empowered, um, again, as you guys are doing with the with your leaders coming through, um, the more that you guys are inspired, inspiring and empowering others to take ownership of the challenges they're seeing in the world, 
Um, it's not quantifiable, but like, no. I don't know about you, but I was always rubbish at maths at school anyway. So can't quantify it. <laughs> this don't is care. true. If you could give me a number for this, it wouldn't really land with you me. You wouldn't know what to do with it. I wouldn't know what to do with it. <laughs> with 864. Do do with it? I don't know. <laughs> Just write it down. But yeah. So I don't know, really. I'm, I mean, the one thing I would say from this week is it allows people with much bigger budgets to do really cool stuff. And like the one thing I saw this week, which I listened to when I downloaded, was it was actually on BBC Sounds. And what they've done is BBC have created a mindful mix special. Right. And what it is, it's a playlist in which they blended sounds from nature, calming classical music, and it's being DJed by David Attenborough. So he's like narrating the whole thing. And so I thought on my cycle into work this morning, I thought, well, do you know what? Actually, it's a beautiful sunny morning. It's like 6.37 in the morning. I thought, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get involved on this. And it was, to be fair, I, it sorted me right out this morning. So if you, if you want to, to take something away from this week, BBC Sounds have done an incredible mega mix. And it's uh, DJed slash narrated by David Attenborough, which is which is super, super cool. <laughs> so check it, check it out, guys. It might be the best thing to listen to before you go to sleep. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> I'm just picturing Attenborough DJing at the moment. With Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Cocktail Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> um, amazing. It does, doesn't it? Um, mm. But Nick, thank you so much for joining us this week. Honestly, Absolute it's... It's been really good and you know um i've learned a lot i don't know about you jess um it's been really it's been really interesting to just sit back and, and listen and engage and and i've learned a lot 100 so. thank you nick <laughs> thank you guys thank you for everything you're doing with the with the community there yeah so again if you um so do we'll put how you can get in touch with nick and impact marathons in the footnotes uh, if you want to get in touch with us um you can do at run to run uh, or email jess jess at runtalkrun.com um but thank you very much for listening this week um do download do listen and subscribe if you've got two minutes and you've enjoyed tonight's episode uh do give us five stars on itunes and um you know also if you've got a friend that is in lockdown or is running solo and could just do with listening to something to chill out to then you know do share the pod because um we want to we want to share this through word of mouth so um so yeah but have a fantastic week look after yourself look after other people and uh, we'll catch you next week so see you later say goodbye guys bye see ya.